On the Double Down Michigan podcast, we explore topics related to the gaming industry in Michigan. Host Henry Williams, Michigan Gaming Control Board Executive Director, discusses responsible gaming, gaming legislation in our state, current trends, and more. We feature special guests from the gaming industry so you can get the inside scoop. Be sure to subscribe to Double Down Michigan, a podcast by the Michigan Gaming Control Board to stay up to date on the latest in gaming. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Double Down Michigan, a podcast by the Michigan Gaming Control Board. I'm your host, Henry Williams. And joining us today is Brooke Baumgartner, who works at the Michigan Gaming Control Board as a licensing coordinator within our Millionaire Party section. Brooke is a Native American and here to speak with us today about tribal culture so that we can all better understand it. Hi, Henry. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here today. I know that um, you and I had a previous conversation when we were at the Underground Railroad mm-hmm. and just listening to you and talking about um, the Native American experience and your culture was just really enlightening to me. So I thought it was a good idea for us um, to have you here today um, because we're celebrating here in November National American Indian and Alaska uh, Native Heritage Month here in November. So I just thought it would be a good episode for us to have to talk about your background. That's wonderful. I, I remember that conversation and I, I'm really excited to be here today. I think this is a great idea. Well, thank you. So, Brooke, um, can you share with the listeners a brief history of your background and your role at the Michigan Gaming Control Board? Yeah, I am first and foremost a Native American from Washington State. I have a background in civil and criminal litigation. In the middle of my legal career, I went to work for the Alaska Department of Corrections. While there, I developed and oversaw a reentry program designed to reintegrate offenders into the workforce. After that, I returned to the legal field while also pursuing my degree. I came to Michigan to finish that degree. And in addition to that, I work here at the Michigan Gaming Control Board as a licensing coordinator for the Millionaire Party section. For those not familiar with the Millionaire Party section, we license charitable organizations who want to hold casino-style gaming events as a way to earn money for their cause. Okay, great. Um, As I said earlier, um, National American Indian and Alaska Native Heritage Month is celebrated every November to recognize the diverse cultures and to educate the public about the heritage, history, art, and traditions of the Native American and Alaska Native people. What tribe are you a member of in Washington State? I am a fully recognized citizen of the federally recognized Snoqualmie Indian Tribe. And are you um, still a member despite living in Michigan? Yes, I am. Still a recognized citizen despite my geographical location. The tribal citizens have the right to determine who its citizens are. So despite my geographical location, I still make it a point to travel to Washington for tribal meetings, tribal gatherings. And as a matter of fact, I take my lunch in the middle, or excuse me, later in the day on Thursdays so that I can remotely participate in weekly tribal council meetings. Oh, okay, great. Um, Brooke, what is the importance of tribal culture to you? Well, my my culture is my identity. So it's it's who I am at my very core. When I think of tribal culture, I think of American history. Um, we are American history. 
So with everything I do and every step I take, I always find myself thinking about those that came before me and how I can honor them. My culture is the foundation of who I am, and it's as important to me as my children are. Thank you. And Brooke, based on your experience, are there some common characteristics of tribal cultures? If so, can you provide some examples? Yes. In my experience, one major common characteristic is that we all share a deep-seated respect for our elders. So, for example, at every tribal gathering or meeting, um, at mealtime, we feed our elders first. Um, that could be bringing food to them, to their table where they're sitting, or as simple as waiting to get in line until all elders have received their meal. Right now, our tribe is putting together wild salmon fish boxes to send out to all of our elders. We defer to our elders in all aspects. They speak first. They aren't interrupted. When an elder speaks, you stop, you listen, and you learn. These incredible people have so much to offer and teach. This is a concept and tradition that all Native American cultures share. We honor our ancestors and traditions through song and dance. I'm sure you've heard of powwows. Um, these gatherings are meant to bring our people together and reconnect us. Powwows are just one way we honor our traditions and our stories. We are storytellers. If any of my coworkers had the opportunity to watch the video I shared online this year, the Muckleshoot Tribe hosted tribes from all over the Salish region, including mine. Each tribe paddled their canoes to Muckleshoot from their respective lands. Our canoe family was in the water for a week before they landed. Um, upon arrival, the guest tribes asked the hosting tribe for permission to come ashore. Then they are fed, and then the guest tribes would take part in a week-long celebration. During these celebrations, the guest tribe would present the host tribe with song, dance, stories, and gifts. The hosting tri tribe reciprocates with the same. Um, you know, we, we feel a very strong connection with our tribal lands and the animals that inhibit them. So when we harvest animals, it's customary to honor the animal. We make regalia from bones, feathers, shells, fur, skin. We don't waste any part of the animal. And when I say that we don't waste any part, I mean we really don't waste any part. My dad's favorite meal was fish head stew. <laughs> Um, the biggest common characteristic is our resilience. When you look across Indian country, you'll find similar stories where the tribal people have fought battles generation after generation. One example is what happened in recent years at Standing Rock with the Sioux people and the Dakota pipeline. They weren't saying, don't build your pipeline. They were just saying, don't build it here on these lands. Tribal nations from across Indian country came out in droves to support the Sioux people, including the Snoqualmie people. I am a living, breathing declaration of the resilience of tribal nations. Wow, what a wonderful event and traditions. Um, speaking of tribal culture, Brooke, um, you wear a beautiful beaded Native American necklace. Can you tell our listeners who made it and what it represents? Yeah, I wear a few different pieces fairly regularly, but I think the one you're asking me about is the one I'm wearing now. Um, this is a medallion that was made by a tribal elder named Jeannie. Um, this is a beaded rendition of our sacred Snoqualmie Falls, which is a waterfall on our ancestry land. This is the single most important location for our people. For us, this is a place of worship and prayer. This was the home and burial grounds for our ancestors. We have visitor center at the falls where you can learn more about the falls and what it means to our people. 
Um, the Snoqualmie Falls is so sacred and important to us that we are currently petitioning the FAA to prevent air traffic below 1,500 feet from the top of the falls and below. Um, if you know this, this is intended to further preserve the falls as they are today. If you do get a chance to visit, pay very close attention, watch the mist, and if you look close enough, you'll see the faces of our ancestors. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. Um, bro, what defines a tribe? A tribe is a group of people that share a cultural background, a history that goes back for many generations, and shares in the same traditions. Can anyone become a tribal member? No, each tribal nation has its own recognition requirements. Um, some tribes have a descendancy requirement, often with no break in the chain, meaning your parents, grandparents, etc., would have had to have been recognized as well. In contrast, other tribes have a blood quantum requirement, which was a practice that began in the early 1900s when the U.S. government began imposing this system on tribes as a means to define and limit tribal citizens, meaning that you must have a specific percentage of blood as defined by um, tribal constitutions. Okay. And how do tribal communi communities differ from other societal groups? Tribal communities differ in many ways. So for a start, we're sovereign um, and are the only cultural community in the U.S. that have treaties with the federal government. We hold dual citizenship. For example, my sons and I have U.S. citizenship, and like every other American, we have social security numbers, but we also have Snoqualmie citizenship and have tribal ID numbers. Okay, very interesting. Um, what are some common myths or misconceptions about Native Americans and tribes? Oh, where do I begin? <laughs> um, a few that I've encountered more often than not is the misconception that the federal government just sends us checks every month. Um, similar to other local and state governments, we too can apply for federal grants, but that isn't unique to tribal governments. Another one I get asked a lot is, do we get free college and free health care? I can't just walk into any college, slap down my tribal ID, and bam, get a free education. I have to take the same steps as everyone else and secure funding for my tuition, and the same goes for health care. Um, other myths and misconceptions are things like that we all live on reservations. While some Native Americans do live on reservations, that not, that's not necessarily true for all. Um, likewise, even if any particular tribe did have tribal housing on its reservation, that doesn't mean that every citizen of that tribe lives there. Um, another is that every tribe uses teepees. <laughs> Although there are many tribes in the U.S. that, that use teepees, we, my tribe, we don't use them at all. My tribe in particular is a longhouse tribe. Um, there are truly so many myths and misconceptions out there that we could sit here all day and go over them. So I'll just sum it up with this last one. Not all Native American art is the same. The art you see that was created by an actual Native American artist is a reflection of that individual's tribal culture. Certainly, you'll find similarities from one tribe to the next, especially if their geographical location is in close proximity to one another. Um, for example, my tribe is coastal. Uh, we're Salish people. So our art looks different than what you might find, say, in Michigan or the Dakotas or Oklahoma. 
Salish art uses more rounded and U-shaped geometrical shapes. We depict things like paddles, canoes, mountains, whales, fish, flowers, berries, waterways, all indigenous to our lands and the areas that surround us. Wow, Brooke, that was very informative. Um, what are some challenges faced by tribal cultures today, particularly within your tribe? There are many challenges that tribal culture faces, mine included. One of the most glaring challenges that seems to repeat generation after generation is the never-ending battle to protect treaty rights and our tribal sovereignty in one way or another. Um, you know, just to provide an example, in February 2022, the United States Supreme Court accepted a writ of certiorari for a case that could have had a potentially de devastating outcome for our tribal families, and in particular, our tribal children. So um, that was a case called Holland v. Brick the Indian Child Welfare Act, commonly referred to as ICWA, was, um, it was at risk of being struck down. So for those not familiar with ICWA, it was codified in 1978 and was the direct result of the Native American children, my grandmother included, that were stolen from their homes and forced into residential boarding schools. These children were completely stripped of their culture, language, and traditions. They were punished sometimes gravely, just for practicing their own culture in any way. And that would include even speaking their own native language. ICWA was created to ensure that Native American children stay in Native American homes to protect and preserve Native American culture, language, and traditions. At its core, that's what ICWA is about. This past summer, SCOTUS ruled in favor of saving ICWA. That decision had a direct impact on every single tribal community, including Snoqualmie. Likewise, last year, my tribe filed a writ of certiorari asking SCOTUS to hear our case on our hunting and gathering rights, a right that is preserved in the Point Elliott Treaty of 1855, to which we are signers of. SCOTUS denied our writ, so we will continue to face that challenge. Like other tribes, we are consistently facing threats to our ancestral lands. We are legitimately and repeatedly fighting to preserve our way of life. Wow. Um, to that point, Brooke, um, how can we as non-tribal members support and respect tribal cultures? I think a great way to support and respect tribal culture would be to first try to learn about our history, the real history, read and honor the treaties. On a more individual le level, um, if you or any of your listeners like our art, we thank you and we kindly ask that you keep buying Native art, but please do your research and make sure that it's legitimately made by Native artists. Um, for example, my tribe owns a Native art business called Eighth Generation and our artists are from many different tribes like all across the U.S. Um, land acknowledgement is another great way. And what I mean by that is when you hold events at any given location, take the time to acknowledge the people that inhibited the land and acknowledge that these were sacred lands to Native America. Encourage government-to-government -government relations. Encourage land transfers back to Native American stewardship. Support education of Native history in our schools. And lastly, dialogue matters. So be mindful about the ways in which you discuss Native Americans or tribal communities. Okay, thank you, Brooke. So we're going to take a break and we're going to continue our conversation on the importance of the Native American experience. Thank you. Thank you.